everything in you. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> praise God. You can be seated. Wow. Praise the Lord. That was amazing. Praise God. Good worship. Give the worship team just a hand of a shout of praise, hand of appreciation. God bless you. Thank you, Thomas. Praise the Lord. Man. Okay. So, uh, man, we had, uh, we had VBS this week, and it was just amazing. Give it up for our VBS team. Alyssa Dale and her team, the children's ministry, and all the people that work. We got a recap video right here if you'd like to watch it. so cool. Uh, Jane and I came and watched every day the skit and kind of checked on the kids and I think maybe I counted 45 or 50 kids. I'm not sure how many different kids came each day but what a, just the you know the team that was down there, the, just the use of the facility, the, the meals, the food, just all that cool stuff. The, the video with the slow motion sponge going through the air, just all that. That's so cool. Just give it up one more time for our VBSers. Thank, thank you Alyssa. Thanks for all you guys done. Man, just, it's so cool. All right, so a couple things I'm going to preach to you. I, I might sit. I'm hoping to sit uh, just to mix it up and be different. But so 4th of July, which is a Thursday, we won't have first Wednesday that, uh, that week or that month because 4th of July. Here's kind of where we're at. We're, uh, we're selling tickets, $5 for adults, $3 for children. And we need at least a minimum of 125 tickets sold uh, by the end of today or we're not going to have it. And the reason for that is not because it's not worth having it for 50 or 60 people, but we have to reserve bouncy houses. We have to reserve a snow cone machine and, and popcorn and all that kind of stuff. And then it's, it's a lot of work on our team, and we have to get crews ready. And so uh, rather than, you know, everybody buy a ticket at the door, we need at least 125. So as, as it was coming into the first service, and I'm not sure how many we sold. I know there was a line of people buying tickets. But if we don't have 125 after today, which means we needed about 100 or 110 today to, to buy, uh, then we're not going to have it. So we'll know more. But if you're planning on coming, we need you to buy a ticket today. Now, if you buy a ticket and we don't have it, we'll get a refund to you uh, next week if you if you want it. So we'll have you know a bunch of five dollar bills. But next week it'll be on or be canceled. We don't we won't know until after uh, today. So if you want to buy a ticket, if you want to come Fourth of July, seven thirty in the parking lot. We're going to have hamburgers and hot dogs. We're going to have uh, music and worship. We're going to have a movie playing for the kids. It's going to be a great night. But it's also going to be, you know, you might be at the beach, you might be at the lake, you might be at the mountains, you might be busy. It's a Thursday, you might take a four-day weekend. We understand that, we get it, 
uh, and we're okay. Trust me, uh, it's not. It's it's only failure if you don't try. All right. So if we're trying and it, we don't do it, it's not it's not failure. Uh, and then that weekend, we're only going to have one service at 11 o'clock on July the 7th. Again, so we understand the holiday weekends are busy. This is something that we we would like to do, but we don't have to do it. So uh, buy a ticket. You kind of vote with your with your ticket. Buy a ticket if you want to come. If you don't want to come, no big deal. We're cool with that too. Is everybody all right? You got that? All right. So that's kind of where we're at. And uh, it's I I don't like to create work for our team. Uh, we like to create ideas and events. And so if we have enough tickets, some of you will be getting calls to help set up, tear down, all those things. And so it's always it's all good, right? So uh, new sermon series today called Hidden Purpose. Uh, it's out of the book of Esther. We'll be we'll be teaching out of, out of the book of Esther for the next four or five weeks. Uh, and the the name Esther means hidden. And so this is where we get hidden purposes because Esther had purposes in her life. And you have a purpose in your life. And our church has a purpose. And I want to talk about a couple of the purposes I think our church has today as we kind of navigate through this. So it'll be a little, uh, little teachy, just kind of laid back type service today. But I want you to grasp it. And I understand that usually when I stand, I talk really fast. And when I sit, I, I slowed down a little bit, so I want you to grab a hold of it today. So, But I'm going to ask you to stand just for our text verses. So if you'll stand reading Esther 4, 12, 13, and 14, the Bible says, uh, And they told Mordecai what Esther had said, the fact that she couldn't go to the king, she didn't think. And, and so there's a long backstory there. But if she comes to the king without permission, she dies, and she doesn't want to do that. And so... That's verse 12, 13 then. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise uh, for the Jews from another place. Stop there for a moment. So some people say, are you Armenian or are you Kelvin? I say both and. In other words, what, what does that mean? Armenians believe that you can change the hand of God. Kelvins believe that everything is predestined. I say both and. God's purposes will be fulfilled whether it's through you or somebody else. But if God chooses it through you and you're obedient and willing, God will use you, okay? If you say, hey, no, I'm not going to do it, God, then he'll get somebody else, but his purposes will be fulfilled. This is what Mordecai is saying at this time. God's purpose, purposes will be fulfilled. In other words, you have a purpose on your life. How many knows you got a purpose on your life, okay? Every person here has a purpose on your life. It may not come to fruition yet, or maybe you have a dream of a purpose being fulfilled. You need to make sure that dream is from God and then that drives a purpose. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But you and your father's house will perish, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. The most quoted verse out of the book of Esther is for such a time as this. What if we're put here for a specific time? What if we're here on earth, right here and right now? What if you're going through that trial? Like what Janie says, and she preaches so well during worship. What if you're going through that thing for such a time as this so that not only God can get glorified, but somebody can be drawn closer to God? Wouldn't that be so cool if God uses your trial to bring someone to, into the kingdom of God? It would be all worth it in the end, right? And that's the things that we have to understand for such a time as this. Bow your heads. Father, we pray right now that you are such a good God, and we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right here at Grace 
church and in Hickory and the surrounding area, the community and each individual's lives. Now open our hearts right here and right now to hear, understand, and learn the purposes that you have in our life, oh God, that we might bring them to fruition, act upon them, Lord, and that your name would be glorified, your kingdom would be added to. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. You could be seated this morning. So hidden purposes, things that have a meaning or maybe there's a, a, a just a, a subliminal in there, something that's so I'm looking the, this week at different things that have hidden purposes. And, and one of them is on the dashboard of your car. It's the, uh, it's the fuel tank. You see the fuel tank there? You see the little gas pump up there? And then there's an arrow. In this case, there's an arrow on the left. Sometimes there's an arrow on the right. That arrow, if you didn't know, and, and I didn't know until that arrow is which side the gas tank is on. Yeah, apparently nobody knew that. Isn't that cool? It's like, ah, it's an aha moment. So have you ever gone to the gas pump and went to the wrong side? Yeah, both each of our cars have the gas tank on opposite sides. And, and I think because they're European, Janie's car is European, and those, those uh, steering wheels are on the opposite side, so that's where the gas tank is. But all you have to do is look at that little gas gauge, gas pump, and that's what side you need to pull up to the pump. Cool, right? If you didn't learn anything else today, take that away. It's like, man, all right. When I get, <laughs> that's not worth a hoot and a holler, but that's good stuff. So, yeah, so you can pull into the gas tank and you look down. All right, I'm on this side. Pastor was right. Yeah. And every one of you is going to go into your car afterwards and look at, yeah, I got the arrow. Now, you know, if it's older than, you know, if your car is like 20 years old, I can't guarantee you got an arrow, but that is what it is. How many remembers the old? Oh, <laughs> Emily's car does have an arrow and it's an old car. See, you checked though, didn't you? It's, you got to check and see you have an arrow. How many remembers the old Heinz 57 ketchup bottles, the glass ones, you know? That stupid ketchup would stay in there forever. They even wrote a song about it, Carly Simon, Anticipation, Making Me Wait, Keeping Me Waiting. Well, see the embossed number 57 right there? If you tap on that, the ketchup comes out quicker. It's a hidden purpose. That's what that 50, that's what that embossed 57 is for. It's not a marketing tool. It's so that if you tap right there, now we have the squeeze bottle. And if you still buy these bottles, shame on you. Buy the squeeze bottles a whole lot easier. But if you tap on that 57, you know, it, it'll come out. And so there's different hidden purposes like Levi jeans. These aren't Levi's. These are sevens. But uh, they have a little pocket right here, seven, or Levi's created. And on the pocket, I used to always think it was a change pocket. I think my dad may have told me that. It's not. It's actually a pocket watch pocket because Levi Strauss and company wanted the coal miners to know how long that they were in the coal mines for. And so they created a pocket so they could pull out their pocket watch because they didn't have wristwatches at the time. Pull out their pocket watch so they could look at it, check their time, put it back in there without it getting smashed or mashed or pushed or broken, however you say those words around here, uh, in, in the coal mine. And so then I have a couple more things. Let's see. This one's kind of a cool one. You might know this one. This is a diet Coke can, nothing unusual, but it has a pop top, okay? Well, it's created with two holes so that if you spin the pop top around, it also becomes, and this is their scientific fact, it becomes a straw holder. How many knew that, that weren't in the first service? You guys are brilliant. And some of you are lying, but that's okay. It's, you can be brilliant and liar at the same time. Uh, ballpoint pen. Every ballpoint pen that has a cap has a little hole at the top of that cap. 
You know the reason behind that? I'll tell you, because you're, you're, it's in case you swallow it. No, why are you going to swallow it? Well, because people chew on the end of it, and sometimes you just inhale instead of exhale, and you bring that cap in. It's to create an airflow, actually to create an airflow, so until 9-11 or the emergency health responders get there and pull that thing out or whatever they do, you can actually have air breathing through. That's an amazing thing, I thought. I had no idea about that one. I thought that was kind of funny. And then last but not least, and I'm not sure I really like this one, but I'm going to give it to you anyways because it's a hidden purpose, childproof caps. Don't you hate childproof caps? Like, me and Janie are in our 50s. We don't need to childproof anything anymore. All right, we have grandkids, and they're not allowed in certain rooms. Well, the childproof cap, you pull that down, and you open it up. However, the childproof cap is made with a reversible cap that you can screw on the top. I did not know that. Who knew that? Druggies. <laughs> Who didn't know that? Yeah, isn't that the coolest thing in the world? Like, I don't have to fool anymore with that medicine. It's, 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 it's like, that was worth the message. This in the gas tank. This in the gas tank was worth the whole message. As, I'm going to pack it up and go home, cut this thing out early. That was amazing. And now, again, the reason I don't like it is because if you have kids, you, it's childproof for a reason, right? So, But it actually has threads on there, and you turn it around, and it, you know, again, you're going to go home. Janie had one that was childproof, and it didn't work, but it wasn't prescription. I think it was over-the-counter childproof. Was that prescription? Oh, well, your doctor is really smart, then, if that's the case. So, your druggie. Oh, from the druggie. Okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> we won't. Your dealer. <laughs> your dealer gave it. <laughs> Enough said. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stand because it's going good right now. I sat this morning and didn't go. It went good. I mean, it went good. We accomplished it. But I'm going to stand for a while, then I'll, I'll sit down. Uh, Starbucks. I have a Starbucks cup up here. I'm not preaching with coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching in spite of coffee today. But no, uh, the Starbucks. So in America today, there is what they call three places. The first place is your home or your house, your apartment, the place where you lay your head at night. And by the way, we need to pray for people who are homeless, okay? Because they really missed out on that first place in their life. They, they don't have it. They don't have a, and, and when you don't have a first place, your home, you, you don't have identity, okay? You're homeless. And we have to be careful that we don't drive by people that maybe are homeless or without and judge them prematurely, okay? And so, but those of us, the 99% in America that do have homes, that's your first place. That's your place of refuge. That's your place you go home at night and, you know, maybe you work in your garden or maybe you, you know, you wash the car or you, if you're a student, maybe you go to your room or do those type of things. But that's your first place. Your second place then is your work or your school, the place where you spend waking hours, even if it's in the middle of the night. But that's where you kind of go. That's your occupation, your profession, your career, or where you're learning a career, your student, whatever that case may be. That's your second place. So where everybody has a first place, everybody has a second place. Again, there's that small percentage in America, a larger percentage around the world that doesn't have that second place. They don't have a job. They're, they, they don't have a, a, a career. They don't have a place. And so, again, it, it hurts their personality, their identity. Well, the third place used to be the church. Back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, the third place was the church. That's where you got your community. That's where you, know, you went for your potluck or you had your, uh, your, your food on Wednesday or Sunday or you hung out. You, you got with people. That was a third place. In the 60s with the Jesus movement and church kind of left the building for a while, uh, 
third places became different. Well, Starbucks capitalized on the third place, and they created an environment where you didn't mind going in and spending $5 for a cup of coffee. Now, my father's generation would have just slapped us silly. It would have spent more than 50 cents on a cup of coffee. And when you go in and spend three, four, five, six dollars for a cup of coffee, but it's not the coffee you're buying, you're buying the atmosphere, okay? You're buying a, you're buying a place. You're buying an, an opportunity just to sit and be still. And, and uh, Janie and I were at Starbucks this morning and uh, at oatmeal, and we just sat there and talked about the, the day because we're going to go to Cherokee later, and we're going to minister up there, then we're going to come back, and we have a funeral tomorrow. And we, get, we just got a really busy couple days, and, and it's good stuff. Stuff, but we, we, we were sitting there talking. So Starbucks had basically recreated a third place intentionally. Now that's important for us to know because one, the church needs to get the third place back. We need to make it uh, a good experience for people to come in our church doors, okay? One of those ways is by accepting people just the way they are. Are you with me? So that we're not prejudging people as they come in the door. We're not trying to make them conform to our standards or to our way. Now listen, I believe we all know we eventually need to conform to biblical standards, right? We need, we need to line up to what we're going to be judged for ultimately. But, but as, far as, the, as far as Jesus goes, we take people just whatever lane they're on in society. We take them, we love on them, we hug them, and then together we allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out, right? Because if we change for somebody, we'll change because of somebody. And that, that somebody may not always be a good thing. You know, that person hurt me or that person offended me. I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And all of a sudden, but see, if we have the Jesus model and accept everybody, that's why we have the three-word sentence, for all people. We are for all people. Amen? So, all right, that, that becomes a, an ob opportunity then to recreate the third place. Well, spiritually then, I believe there's three places. The first one, the first place spiritually is fellowship. We have to have our fellowship restored with God, okay? And so by that, by saying that, we become Christ followers. And so that's why God sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have, what, everlasting life. That's why Romans 5, 8 says, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when we understand that it's restored fellowship, that becomes our first place. You have a home in glory if you're a Christ follower. That's a beautiful thing, right? Our second place then is worship. So what the worship is, is a little bit of duty. And so where our first place physically is our home, our second place is maybe work, occupation, or schooling, education. This becomes our, our fellowship and then becomes worship. Listen, worship, David said, should be a little trying for us. Worship, David said, should be something that we go all in or all after. Worship, uh, he said, in fact, he said, I'll be a little bit more defiled than that, he told his wife, Michael, that. I'm going to be just a little bit more crazy the next time. All right, and so however you worship, that's okay. Now, some people are pretty peaceable in their worship, okay? Some people are, are very expressive in their worship. Some people like to bow down. Some people like to stand up. Some people like to walk around. Some people like to sit. Some people like to contemplate. contemplate. Some people like to just be all in. However you choose to worship, you just need to make sure that you're worshiping, okay? And it can't be about the song. This is the song. I love our, our worship team. I love our, the songs they write. I love the songs they sing. I love the, the engagement, how they, how they get us there. 
And I love the fact that probably 90% of what we sing, if not more, is all biblically based, okay? It's all scriptural. It's all pulling out of different psalms or different proverbs or pulling out of the Old Testament or the New Testament. So I love that about how, they're, how we're singing. But the fact is, it's really not even about the words. It's about you getting engaged with worshiping a God who did everything that he could to get, bring you back into the fellowship. That's what worship is. And worship is, it's okay if it's laborious. It's okay if it feels like something, like it shouldn't be duty, but it's okay to sweat a little bit. It's okay to, like, man, it's okay to spend yourself in worship is what I'm saying, okay? In other words, if you walk out of here and you say, man, I didn't like that third song or that fourth song was just, man, they didn't sing my favorite songs today, you have the wrong idea of what worship is about. You've kind of missed the whole point because worship is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about the worship team. And if we come and say, man, because, you know, people will wait in line, hours in line and pay um, big dollars to go hear this worship team. And, and there, there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing it for the right reason. But the reason has to be, God, you are so good. It's Janie giving thanks before. See, and here's the other thing. If true thanksgiving brings a humbling experience, okay, and it's the humility then that God will work through. So if you're really thankful, God, I'm so thankful, you're humble because you realize there's nothing you could do about that. Worship is the same way. If you're really worshiping God for the right reasons, if you, God, I'm so thankful that you, you healed my wife. I'm so thankful for our church. I'm so thankful for our, our children and grandchildren. I'm so thankful for our community. And you find yourself being thankful like she was talking about at the worship time, then all of a sudden you're just worshiping God through a spirit of thanksgiving, and you have heaven's attention at that time. You're not worshiping to get something from God. You're worshiping because God's already given his best, his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? So first place is fellowship spiritually. Second place is worship. Third place, I believe then, is like where's that third place during in the spiritual realm is purpose. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. What is your purpose? What is our purpose as a church? What are the, what are the, what, why did God put us here? What's, what, we know in Esther's case, because we read about it, but what if someone were reading your story now? What if someone was reading your book? What if someone was picking up your book, Janie's book, and she and they're reading, what, what was her purpose? It's easier to read about it, but as you're walking through it, we need to understand, we need to know, okay, maybe this is my purpose. And you might not have your purpose figured out yet. That's okay. You might be in a season where this purpose has been fulfilled. Now you're entering into another season of purpose. That's okay, too. We're going to find out our purposes together, or we're at least going to search and seek what those purposes are. So... A couple of things uh, on purpose and dreams. Because a lot of people will say, well, I, I have a dream. We, have, we need to make sure that our dream, first of all, is from God. All right? And dreams are external. So sometimes we may see somebody's lifestyle when we're younger and we dream about having that type of lifestyle. Or we dream about living in that, in that location. We dream about, Janie and I used to dream about living in Colorado. We love, Coach, we love Colorado. It's a hard state not to love, right? Uh, it, the, it's beautiful there. I, someday we're going to pastor a church in the mountains, and, and we do. Kind of in, in outside of Hickory, North Carolina, there's mountains. But we always thought maybe it would be Colorado because that was kind of our our dream. But we associate sometimes dreams with what we think and know, not God's purposes in our heart. And so your dream is a catalyst to what God has placed inside you. Your purpose is from within. 
This is, the, this is where we get our purpose. Purpose comes from inside. So think of digging a hole. If you're digging a hole and you dig that hole super deep, then the, the sides will cave in. And so what people do when they're digging a really deep hole, they reinforce the sides. Well, here's what you reinforce your spiritual sides with. God's word, your worship, and prayer. All right? So you reinforce the sides with those three things. God's word, your worship, and prayer. That while you're digging and finding your purpose, stay in worship. Stay in, stay in prayer. Stay in God's word. And your purpose will start to fulfill. Your purpose should match that dream. In fact, I believe that your purpose causes you to dream. So if you're trying to find your purpose, then all of a sudden dreams will come because dreams become from an external source. God will place a dream out there. Like let's use Dr. Martin Luther King. King Jr., for example, I believe he had a purpose before he had a dream. The dream he preached was that his children would someday be able to ride the same school bus, use the same restaurants, go to attend the same school as people of, of different race and color. That was his, but his purpose was being fulfilled while he was speaking the dream because he was going around the country all the way back in 1964. He won the Nobel Peace Prize because of what he was preaching on purpose. And so our purpose becomes that way. What's our purpose as a church? What's your purpose as an individual? What's your hidden purpose? Just like the, the gas gauge or the ballpoint pin or the different things, the, the, the medical cap. What's our purpose? What's our hidden purpose? Maybe some of the things that you've gone through in your life are to help fulfill the purpose that God has for you. T.D. Jake says this, many times we are pushed into functioning in an area that is not our highest and best use because someone needed us to be something we were not created to be. Now that's a lot of stuff there, but here it is in a, in a nutshell looking at Esther, Esther was an orphan. And we're going to talk about orphans here in a little bit, but Esther was an orphan raised by her foster father who was her uncle Mordecai. So nobody wanted Esther, and so she became an orphan. Mordecai raises her, and, and at, the, at a younger age, like late teens, early 20s, um, Ahasuerus, King Ahasuerus, gets mad at Vesti, his wife, because she wouldn't perform for his drunk friends, and he exed her out of the, the kingdom, and so he wants to find a new bride. Mordecai sees an open window. So your purpose will provide a door of an open window for you at some point in time. That, that open door will take place. It's like, ah, maybe this is my purpose. Maybe this is what God has in store for me. You just need to walk through those open moments. We call them kairos moments, K-A-I-R-O-S, if you're writing down, K-A-I-R-O-S. It's a kairos moment. It's a window of opportunity. Mordecai sees a window of opportunity right here where he can get... Esther in. Esther's Jewish, and then the king Ahasuerus wasn't. They were Syrian, and so he's going to get her into the kingdom to help protect the Jewish race, the, the Jewish people, the Israelites, and there's just a remnant at the time. But she's an orphan, orphanage, and Mordecai tries pushing her through. So go back to Jake's statement. We're pushed into functioning in an area that maybe isn't our defining purpose, but maybe it gives us purpose at that time or gives us purpose at that moment. You might be in school. You might be in the earlyhood of your career. You might be learning some things like, what is my purpose in life? I shared and have shared before when Janie was when we were younger and we had three kids, three, exactly three years apart, our oldest daughter, Jill, and our 
uh, oldest son are three years and two days apart. And then Jessica is right in the middle of them. And then Andrew came seven and a half years later. So we were young. Uh, businesses were closing. Interest rates were high. She was a worship leader uh, back then. And I was, I was on, the, on the pew with the kids because we didn't have children's church and nurseries all the time. Back then, it's a little bit more developed now. And, and I, I struggled with my purpose. I, I really did. I struggled with my purpose. I struggled with my purpose in finances as, as companies that I was working for laid off and I was without jobs. I struggled in these areas and I know God now was just defining me that maybe I took a job I didn't want to have because I knew it was right to feed my family, okay? I knew it was right to bring the kids to church and not lay out with them thinking to myself, I'm just going to stay home with the kids because there's no, there's no purpose for me there. You, honey, you go lead them in worship. No, we brought our kids to church and our, church, our kids are our churchgoers. Our kids are worship leaders, our, our worshipers. Our kids are worship leaders. Our, our kids are ingrained in church, not because of anything I did, but because I pushed through my purpose. Can I encourage you? Sometimes you have to push through your purpose. Sometimes you have to push through not even knowing for sure what your purpose is. The second point I want to make is what you're doing now may, may be your transportation to your destination. It may be what you become because of what you're doing now. And if what you're doing now is done with integrity, is done with character, is done with belief, is done with obedience in the Lord. I, again, a point to my wife. She's a, she's a, a strong worship leader. And, I, and she's probably anymore more of a preacher, although she doesn't want to know that, than a, pre, a worship leader because she preaches during worship. She'll, she'll give an exhortation and you're all like, ah, Miss Janie spoke to me today. Oh, praise God. Pastor preaches for 40 minutes, and yeah, good job. Good try. That's, that's really true, although I don't care. I'm a bit offended in her, but no, no, no. That's her calling. That's her gift. She has used years of leading worship to be able to give those exhortations. Are you with me? Does that make sense? And you, and, and you bring those exhortations come from knowledge. They come from wisdom. They come from experience. They come from getting alone with God. And, and listen, you get a benefit from that, okay? Listen, the same can be said for you. If you use your years of experience in whatever you're doing as you walk with Christ, then that gives you the right to pour into students or children. It gives you the right to pour into people at small group because why? You've lived it. You've walked it. You've not jumped from here to there to there. I wrote this down, I think, this morning or last night. If you pursue purpose, your dream will develop. If you pursue your purpose, your dream will then develop. In other words, you're, you, you have to get alone with God and say, God, what's my purpose? Don't follow your dream if you haven't pursued your purpose. This is why people have dreams of businesses. They'll go out and get the business card. They'll, they'll buy the equipment. They'll do all this, but then six months later, they're bored because they're chasing a dream because they've seen successful people in their life and they haven't seen the hard work those successful people have had. Why? Because they fulfilled their purposes in that dream. Are you with me? So your, your dream will develop if you pursue your purpose. Well, what's your purpose? Well, Janie will tell you, and I'm using her as an example because I know her best. She will will tell you she's a mother and a Grammy more than anything else. She's not a worship leader. Now, she's my wife, and we're, we're in partnership with that, but she's like, I, I want to be the best mom there is out there. She had opportunities to travel and do music and do all those things, but that wasn't her purpose. Her purpose was to be the best mama. Now, listen, there's people are building businesses. People are building ministries. People are doing those things. What your purpose is should be 
ordained by God. Are you with me? That should be something that God places in your heart. Yeah, give it up for the Lord because he, he's worthy to be praised. That's, that's a divine purpose. Let's write, let's write this last thing down. Purpose is the chemistry that makes you live your life. Purpose is that becomes that chemistry. Then, okay, now I've got a purpose. And listen, that your purpose can change through seasons of life. It may be that uh, Janie is a, is almost a consultant, or uh, we use the term friend loosely as far as kids, but our, our kids have truly become our friends. They're, they're counterparts with us. And, and now she pours into the little grandbabies, and she'll, she'll have the grandbabies uh, on, on a weekly basis, or she'll call our, our, our number three grandson, number three in, in age, not in, in order, but uh, Cam, and, she'll, and she wants to see Cam, or she'll see uh, Instagram. She wants to she'll show me, look at what Cam's doing now. And Cam's hilarious. He's just, he's a, just, a, he's a, he's just so articulate. And, and they're all different in their personalities, and it's important, and she knows this, that we treat them differently according to their, their purpose. And so our goal as grandparents is to help our grandchildren develop their purpose in life, just as it was our children. So as a church, church, it's my goal today to, to introduce to you what I feel like are a couple purposes for our church. Can I do that for the next couple of minutes? I just have two because one was already fulfilled the first service in a miracle way. God just worked on it. So I'm just going to give you two purposes that I feel like as a church I want you to pray about. One, so we're going to Cherokee tonight. And Cherokee is on the Indian Reservation, native Cherokee. It's, it's, the, it's the national place. It's got the museum. We're going up there. We have a, an adopted camp campus up there. Janie and I go up there once a month and, and we teach the, the leaders up there. Church is only 25 or 30. Brian goes up there once a month and teaches on a Sunday morning. We have a couple people on site there that do the other services. We're going up there tonight at 5 o'clock. I think there's maybe about 35 people that are going to join us up there and you're welcome to come. It's easy up, easy back. We're coming back tonight uh, because of our schedule. We were going to spend the night but we're coming back instead tonight because we have some difference we got to take care of tomorrow. But if you can't make it tonight, I want you to write down September 21st, okay? September 20th the 21st, we're going to be in Cherokee, but we've arranged it in such a way where really we can make it a one-day event. If you don't want to spend the night, maybe because it's maybe you have pets or maybe if there's a cost involved, you don't want to get a hotel, you can drive up on Saturday morning, September 21st. You can drive back Saturday night, September 21st, and be in service on, on Sunday morning, September 22nd. We're bringing in a speaker, Mike and Kim Ewald, precious friends of ours. Uh, uh, Kim is partial native, just like Janie's partial native. And... Mike and Kim, just so you know the story, when Janie was sick in the hospital, Mike and Kim drove 11 hours to spend 45 minutes with my wife. Kim prayed for her, spent 11 hours driving back home. They're from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. How many wants friends like that in your life? Those are dear, dear friends of ours. These guys are the real deal. Mike's from Nebraska. We're from Nebraska. There's just a great connection there. We've asked them to come in and minister that weekend. So Friday night, we're going to do a prayer service. If you want to come in for the prayer service, come on up. But everything really takes place on Saturday. We have the fairgrounds this year. That's why it's not taking place in July. So and this is why I'm telling you four months in advance, July, August, three months in advance, is because even if you got to take a vacation day, why not give back one day, right? Why not just say, here's the deal. We're working with an organization called Rural Compassion, which we believe we're going to be able to bring in a tractor trailer, 53-foot trailer, 
full of stuff for the native people up there on the reservation. Uh, uh, food, clothes, I mean thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And all they're asking is if we could have 100 people from our church. We had 72 last year. 100 people from our church helped distribute the stuff. How many would pray about going to Cherokee on September 21st and say, man, that sounds, even if i got to take a day off, I'm going to do it. See, church, here's the deal. Our purpose isn't always about us. Esther's purpose wasn't about her. It was about saving the whole Israel race. What if that one day made such a difference in Cherokee, people started to get free and bondage started to get breaking. Addiction started to get free, and all of a sudden, the, all, the, enemy, what, the enemy meant for evil, God turns around and make good come out of it. That's a win for the kingdom of God, right? The gospel will be preached. We'll do water baptisms in Lake Onakonalefti River. It's going to be an amazing, amazing day. I want you to think about that. September 21st, pray about it. If you want to spend the night, see Brian. We'll have a list of hotels. Uh, you'll get them on your own. Uh, dinner will be on your own. We'll have a prayer service. We'll give you the times. But really the day, September 21st, is a big, big day. And again, if you can make it tonight, come on up there. It's going to be a great time. We have, we're going to have service at 5, 615, 620. We're going to cook, start the grills. We're going to cook out hamburgers and hot dogs and have potato chips. And we're just going to Listen, tonight's all about the people at the church. I want people up there that are just going to hug on the people there and say, listen, you can do it. We have to be their cheerleader. We have to be, we have to be the ones that say, listen, you can do it. This, this is not too big for you. What if that church turned out to be about 150 people or so? Wouldn't that be awesome that you just had a part of something that God just did something so cool with? What if someone tonight just got free of a, an addiction or a curse that was on their family for years and years and years? So that's the first thing, September. 21st. The, the second thing that I want to talk to you about, and this is the last thing, because I had three things the first service, but the, the third one got miraculously taken care of, and, and God's so good. So here's what, Janie and I went on a cruise to Alaska. I know you feel bad about that. It was amazing, all the food you can eat, but 50% of it was ministry, and I don't talk about that, but I want to talk about that today. A wine backwards five years. Five years ago, uh, Janie and I, or J Janie and I were going to go to Haiti, but Janie had to go to Omaha, Nebraska, for uh, uh, an operation, a procedure. She thought she had cancer, and it worked out. She didn't. We were shouting the victory. We would have shouted the victory longer, but a month later, she got sick. Not because of that, to the point where she it was almost take, it had almost taken her life. And so we had a passion, I had a passion earlier about helping people with hospital bills, and that got taken care of, and I'll explain that another day. So Marcus and I went to Haiti instead of Janie and I, and we went to three or four different orphanages in Haiti, and we were the, our driver that took us around. There was five, five drivers, and they were all armed guards. This is how... This, the, this part of Haiti we were in, this is how bad it was. And every orf orphanage we went to, there were two armed guards that had assault rifles that stood guard 24-7. In other words, those guys, and here's the reason they stood guard over the orphanage, so that none of those kids would be stolen and used for sex slavery, sex, tra sex trafficking. Now think about that for a second. When you wake up tomorrow, decide what bowl of cereal you're going to have or what egg you're going to, or what fast food you're going to eat. There's people in Haiti and other places that, that can't eat. Well, that was five years ago, and I don't do anything. I try not to do anything off emotion. This is why I'm talking to you today, because I want you to pray about it. Then when Janie and I went on the cruise, it was with this organization that talked about needs they have in, around the world. And one need in particular hit us hard. And it's an orphanage in Haiti that has 200 kids that they're asking for us to adopt. $10 a day. 
will feed that one child for a whole month. Now think about the last time you just went to McDonald's or somewhere and dropped $10, right? And maybe that was one meal. This is, that one meal can feed one child for a whole month in that orphanage. That is a win for the kingdom, right? So we need 200 entities. Now, Janie and I are going to take at least five. We may take more. We're going to take one for each one of our grandchildren to start with, and we're going to adopt five of those kids. Now, here's the deal. Because of specific organizational rules, we're not adopting those kids. You're just adopting an orphanage, but we're not like $10 a month. Yeah, did I say a day? I want to be clear. It's just $10 a month. We're asking for 200 commitments at $10 a month, okay? So $2,000 a month will feed. That will feed 200 children each and every day their meals. That's an amazing thing. Now, hear me. Some of you, I know, because we've done it in the past, you may adopt a child for $29 a month. Some do it for $39 a month. I've seen some as high as $69 a month. This is $10 a month, and it feeds that child for a whole month long. We're asking for 200 commitments. We're going to do this in about a month, so I want you to pray about it, because I'm going to show you a video that's going to totally mess you up. And I could talk about our experience down there, which would totally mess you up. I could tell, tell you about Janie and I talking about it and us getting totally messed up about it. But I don't like to work on emotion because here's the deal. You, you get really emotional and you say, Pastor, I want to take 50 kids. But I want you to pay your bills every month, okay? And we want it to be... We want it to be reasoned out. We want it to be prayed out. We want you to talk to your spouse. We want you to talk to your kids and say, hey, what if we don't go to this restaurant once a month and we take that $50 and we buy five kids? And, and what Janie closed with the first service, which I thought was really good, I don't want to steal her thunder, but what if we don't do that? Because I'm going to ask for a year-long commitment that you, if you adopt one or you adopt five or you adopt ten, you adopt three, you adopt two, and you say, I'm going to adopt this, I'm going to ask you to do that over and above your tithe and offering for the next year so that we, and then next year we'll revisit it. Do we want to we adopt those 200 kids again? Or maybe it's 250 or maybe it's 300 or maybe it's 150. I'm going to ask for a commitment from each and every person. I did this the first service. I want you to pray about it. And in 30 days or so, we'll have a bunch of cards on the wall outside. I want you to pull one up. There will not be, it'll just be, it'll just be an orphanage in Haiti. But I guarantee you, because the, the organization that we're partnering with is legit. And I've been to these orphanages. And, and I promise you, once they let us back in Haiti, which they're not letting us in right now, we'll take a team down there. And you can walk through the orphanages and you can see everything that I'm talking about. Some of the kids that get the, the rice for the day and the other things, you, you, we watched them take a handful of rice and put it in their pocket so that they would have something to eat later. It, it's, oh, it's just, it, it's heart-wrenching, and, it, and, it's, and it, it, becomes, it becomes a thing that, like, I'm a grandparent, so I've shared with First Service, my, my, grand, my grandkids, how many we ever have, they, I promise you they will not go hungry. I, they'll eat before I will. I'm not, I don't care. It's, but I can't, I, we're not in Haiti, right? But we can as a church, wouldn't this be cool as a church if we adopted 200 Asian kids in an orphanage and we fed them every day all month long for $10 a month per kid? So 
like I'm asking you to pray about Cherokee, and Janie will tell you, other ones will say too, you don't have to pray about it, you just need to be there. And same thing, you, you shouldn't have to pray about it, but financially I want you to be responsible. I don't want you not paying tithe. I don't want you not buying groceries, but if you could say, you know, we do that lunch every now and then, or we take these guys out, what if we don't and just let our own kids know, hey, family of four of us, we're gonna, we're gonna sponsor four kids in Haiti for the, for the whole month with that $40. I want to do 200. That's my goal. At first, I was like, I think we could maybe do 100. And the Lord said, you're not dreaming big enough. And I thought, I'm going to do 150. That's 18 grand a year. And, and then the Lord says, no, no, we need to start somewhere. So I said, all right, I think 200 people would be a lot for us. And there's orphanages there that have 200 kids in them that they said, yeah, if you'll, if you'll commit that, we'll, we'll say, hey, that orphanage is, is Grace Church and in, in, uh, in Hickory, North Carolina. So, you know, we're, we're, we're praying. Uh, come on back, worship team. We're praying prayers that uh, only God can reveal to. Are you with me? Our hidden purpose. What if, what if our hidden purpose then, church, is not so much to help ourselves but to help others? I'll, I'll give you a, a quick story as they're setting up. So when we were in our first church, we were in a town of 5,000, and we needed to add on a new auditorium. The, our original auditorium was, was getting old, run down. We were packing it out a couple times. We needed new, new space. And so we had a building fund, kind of like we do now. And I asked the board one Sunday morning, the Lord laid on my heart, take some money from the building fund and plant seed into needy people. And so I asked the board. They were a good group of guys like we have our board right now is, is incredible, just a tremendous group of, of guys, spiritual leaders, giants, just great prayer warriors. And so uh, our board like then was like our board now. So I asked our board, hey, I need to take some money out of our building fund because I need to plant seed in people today. And uh, so they were like, yeah. So I asked anybody in church that had uh, that needed a financial miracle just to stand. Well, Janie was one of the first ones to stand up. She's like, she stands up. I said, no, no, sit down because I knew what I was going to do, but nobody else did. I said, no, sit down, honey, this doesn't apply to you. And so she sits down like, yeah, I'll take a miracle. I'll take finance. Why not? And so I said, if you need a financial miracle, I need to I need you to stand so I can pray with you. And so there were 20 families that stood. I said, now come up here. Come up here and pray. So I had the people, the 20 families came up and they stood across the front and they were just, man, they were weeping and you could tell that you could see the pain. And I said, now I want people in our congregation to pray for these families, but in order to pray for these families, I need you to write a check and bring it up here and throw it in. In other words, not just pray for them, but but invest in them. And so we had people, people were writing checks and they were throwing it in, in the offering and all that money plus the seed money that we were given was going to go. And so I said, now three times, I said, now if you're, if you haven't stood, don't stand, don't stand now. And a couple of people come up and said, pastor, I meant to stand. I said, that, that's too bad. You know, Pastor Mark, it's hard sometimes, right? I had people coming in the office afterwards when we were handing out the checks to everybody. That day they got checks for over $400 a piece. All 20 of those families, they were getting, they, like we had first time visitors come that I never saw again that were getting a check because they stood for a financial miracle. Now hear me, hear me. When we left that church, 
We had a brand new auditorium that would have been paid for in seven years, a 500-seat auditorium. We had an office building that got paid for two years after we left. We had two apartment buildings that were paid for, and we had $127,000 in the bank. And the Lord showed me it was all because of that seed offering that we did that day. Listen, if we give, God will always give back. Why? Because he trusts us as currency, okay? Are you with me? Stand with me this morning. I want you just to resonate on that well. We're, not, we're going to take today's offering right now, but we're not going to take an offering for Cherokee. We're not going to take an offering for Haiti. I want you to pray about those things because, again, I don't want to work on your emotions. But it, trust me in this. I know, I've known for my whole adult life that I cannot outgive God. It is impossible to outgive God. It's impossible. And every time God has challenged me to give something bigger and larger and or adopt 200 kids in Haiti, I'm like, Lord, don't you know that we're trying to outfit downtown? Or Lord, don't you know that we're trying to help Cherokee? Lord, don't you know? And it's like, we can't adopt 200 Haitian kids. And then, yet God is saying, you need to adopt 200 Haitian kids. You need to go to Cherokee in September. You need to blow that place up in a good way. You need to get that trailer up there. You need to you need to supply you need to supply a need for an overlooked people group. So we've done something medically already this morning that I'll get into later, where we've helped people in Hickory pay off $1.5 million worth of medical debt. I can't even talk about it now. I'm so lit about it. Go ahead, give the Lord just a shout. That's amazing, church. Think about that. That's amazing. So we're doing something in Hickory. Now we're going to do something in Cherokee where we're helping people not only tonight but September. Why don't we do something in Haiti where we're helping a bunch of orphan kids that don't have life, that were born in a third world country, that don't have it as good as we do or our kids do or our grandbabies do. Let's have the offering scripture. It's out of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. That'll preach right there. Another withholds what he would, should give. And it only suffers want. In other words, whenever we don't, aren't used for God to do the things God calls us to do things with, we're just hurting ourselves. But when we do things to help the Lord over his, when his mercy and good grace, unbelievable things take place. Pull up your offering. If you give online, hold up your hand. If you give once a month, uh, hold up your hand. If you have it in your hand, hold it up. Uh, Father, I just thank you right now, Lord, that we do have a giving church. We have a giving body. And I pray, Lord, as we pray about these 200 Haitians, if we pray about Cherokee, as we pray about debt relief, if we pray about, Lord, downtown, Lord, the downtown campus and doing things, God, Lord, that are just trying to be inviting to the community and taking people just the way they are and being for all people. God, I pray you bless the gift and the giver right now. God, Lord, this week, I pray, Lord, you'd make it, God, Lord, you'd multiply it a hundred times, Father, or set the wheels in motion, Lord, that they'd never have one want. They only have desire to do more and more for you and for your kingdom. Bless them, oh God. Give them favor. Give them increase, Lord. I pray those that are starting businesses and working in businesses and finding businesses and buying businesses, Lord, and working in sales. I thank you, Lord, for our educators, our, Lord, our medical personnel. God, Lord, managers and leaders. God, Lord, let them, Father, God, let them in Jesus' name, Father. Lord, let them be blessed beyond belief and let it start this week. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. Let's worship. This is a song Janie and Drew wrote. And just listen to the words. It's all about charity.
she's not been forgotten, but she had a destiny that was coming forth that brought us back to North Carolina, and she was on her way to um, Oklahoma, and she didn't make it, but her children made it, and from that lineage, I stand here today, back to North Carolina, and the destiny that God had is being fulfilled, amen? Whatever you do, God has a purpose and a plan, and that's what Pastor wanted to get across to you today, that you have a purpose, and so many times the Word talks about that we're hearers of the Word, but He says, don't be a, just a hearer of the Word, don't just hear it, but be a doer. And that's what we're doing. We're today encouraging you not just to hear it, but to do it. And so he wants you to pray about whatever it is. If it's one child and it's $10 for that month, then, then you do that. And you know that you're going to be feeding somebody and you just don't go to wherever your place is to eat that day. Or two times you don't go to Starbucks and you just say, you know what? I'm feeding a child for a month today, and I'm not going to have Starbucks. I'm going to have Folgers. I don't know. Whatever you drink, I don't know. I don't drink Folgers, so I'll just buy Starbucks, so, and I'll brew it or cure it or something. Well, I don't know. It's a simple thing. You just purpose and say, my purpose is to fill the de destiny that God has for somebody else. Because the words so much talks about whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And so if you sow a seed, it could be speaking life over somebody, then that's going to be spoken over you. If you show mercy to somebody, then mercy's the only way it comes to you is if by showing mercy, you obtain mercy. That's what the Bible says. So if you want mercy in your life, if you want favor in your life, if you want blessing in your life, if you want your destiny fulfilled in your life, you first got to do what the Word says, and you got to show it, and you got to give it, and you got to do it. So that's simple as that. Amen? Yeah. Woo woo! That was a hoot and holler. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah, yeah! All right. 40 minutes later, I just recap what he says. So there you go. It's, it's just a privilege to get to do life with y'all. It's a privilege that we get to be a body that can take a a purpose and we can do it together and that's what we want to do we can all do our individual givings but how cool is it if we can all get together and we're all gonna have a purpose together to feed a whole orphanage that's gonna be awesome isn't it so as pastor says you pray about that I don't think you need to but you go ahead he's the nice one I'm just saying we're gonna do this we are going to do this because God, with God's help, I can do all things. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to Cherokee. It starts at 5. Really, um, it's just two hours. It's just an hour past um, Asheville, so it's not bad. The way my husband drives, it's two hours. I don't know how you drive, so I don't know. That's just what I know. And remember where your gas tank is. If you need to stop and get gas, look at your little tank. It's on that side or that side. See, you learned so much today, you guys. All right, let me bless you. Father, I love you and I bless you and I thank you that you are a good, good father. Lord, this week we are just going to 
um, receive the purpose and the plan that you have for us, the destiny that you have chosen over each and every person in this room. I call it forth. I call forth the blessing. I call forth the miracle. And we know that in giving thanks is going to precede that miracle. So we're just this week going to just say thank you in advance for the destiny that you have over our life, the purpose that you have, and the favor that is going to go before us. We just give you praise and glory, and we are expecting by faith and thanksgiving you are working all things to our good. We love you and we bless you. We give you glory, honor, and praise for who you are, for what you are, and for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all so much. We'll see you soon. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing. this ministry. Join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.